0: A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me, my name is great. sinful soul. Christ my Savior and my God.
1: Now among those who went to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus.
2: If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him.
0: When my survey- servant Is
2: The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me.
1: Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour, his hour had come to depart of this world to the Father...
3: It was a different kind of Passover meal to say the least. You know, I I remember when I sat down, Philip leaned over to me and he whispers, hey, Thomas, I feel like something special's gonna happen tonight. I looked at him and I said, I doubt it, I was wrong. Jesus got up from the table and he took a basin and a towel. And, And I remember at the time thinking, what's Jesus doing with the foot water? I doubt he's gonna wash somebody's feet. I was wrong. He knelt down, and he began to wash Bartholomew's feet, and, and Bart just sat there, didn't say anything. He didn't move. None of us did. And then Jesus finished, and he went on to James and Andrew and the rest of us. And I remember thinking at the time, this is so strange and yet so wonderful. I doubt anybody's going to say anything right now. I was wrong. You know who broke the silence? Peter.
4: There's no way that you are going to wash my feet. That's what I said to him. He could wash other people's feet, but he wasn't going to wash my feet. So I looked at him and I said, you're not going to wash my feet, Jesus. You are the king. And he looked at me and he said, then you can't have anything to do with me. And I said, okay wash my feet and wash my hands and wash my whole body and he said no Peter just your feet will be fine while he was washing our feet he was teaching us about servanthood
3: and then Jesus took some bread and some wine and he blessed it and he served it to us And he said it was a new covenant with his blood. And he said, tonight, all of you will lose faith in me. And I remember thinking right then, lose faith in you? Never. But I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I couldn't just sit there. I had to say something.
4: So I stood up and I I said, Jesus, I love you. You can count on me. Even if everyone else runs away, I will never leave you, never. And he looked at me. And he smiled. And he said, Peter, you will deny me three times before tomorrow morning. The next thing I knew, We were on our way to the garden to pray.
5: (laughs) Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my soul So Darkness, hide and shut his glow.
3: Once we got to the garden, it just got crazy. Jesus asked Peter and James and myself to go a little further in the garden and pray with him. We did. We tried. We kept falling asleep and Jesus kept waking us up. I remember once he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's true. It's all a blur. And to think that this whole mess got started because of Judas. Did he really think what he was doing was right? There. There, Right over there.
4: He's the one you want. The one over there praying by himself, okay? Now listen, all the others, the disciples, they're going to come up. They're going to try and make some kind of a scene, okay? But don't worry. The one that I kiss on the cheek, he's the one that you want. And I get 30 pieces of silver for this, right? That's what I want. don't worry the one that I kiss on the cheek he's the one you want
3: a kiss Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss of a friend and then it got crazy Peter grabs a sword and he cuts off this guy's ear and then well and then Jesus he reached down and he picked up the ear and he put it right back on the guy's head as if nothing had happened and then Then they took him. I'd love to tell you that we fought for him, but we didn't. We all ran. I ran. I'm so ashamed.
4: What have I done? What have I done? I think I was so stupid. I killed him. I killed him. I crucified Jesus.
6: Before the cross I kneel and see the measure of my sin. Here you became a curse for me, though you were innocent. The magnitude of your great love was shown in full degree. When righteous blood of the crimson spill, Ray down from Calvary, oh the precious blood that flowed from mercy's side washed away my sin. When Christ my Savior died, oh the precious. the crucified it speaks for me before your throne where I stand justified Blood has bought all oh, the price. Mm-hmm. christ my savior died oh the precious blood of christ the crucified it speaks for me before your throne where i stand justified
3: I crucified Jesus. That's what the crowd wanted, and that's what they got. But personally, I don't think that man did anything to deserve that. But I was just a soldier doing my job. See, when the governor gave his sentence, that's when I went to work. I loved that job. felt like I was administering justice every time I nailed someone to a tree. But that man, that man didn't deserve that
4: didn't make any sense. There I was rotting away in this jail cell for stealing, murdering, you name it I'd done it. I knew the next time I stepped out of that jail that was it. The guards that came and got me and they put me next to this man. Looked like he'd been beaten to a pulp. And then Governor Pilate He looks out at this crowd and he says, which one of these men do you want to set free? (laughs) So obvious. They were going to say, let Jesus go. And then I was going to tell them all where they could go. And the crowd starts chanting, Barabbas. They were saying my name over and over and over again. And the guards, they grabbed me and threw me into the crowd. And they took Jesus. One minute, I'm a man marked for death. And the next minute, I'm free. Didn't make any sense. So I followed him all the way to Golgotha.
3: I was stationed at Golgotha that day. See, we had just raised the second cross and the criminal on there by the time he brought him to me, and I'll never forget the way he looked. He'd been beaten, spit on, whipped. He was unrecognizable as a man. He was hideous. And what was left of his clothes was stripped off of him. He was thrown down on the cross. And then I went to work. Now, generally, when you crucify a man, the first hand is the most difficult. Criminal wants to get away, and he fights. So I'd have two men hold him down. But this guy. He didn't put up a fight. I just thought, he's exhausted. As an executioner, I've been called every name in the book. I've had men yell at me. I've had them plead with me. But I wasn't prepared for this. He looked at us, and he looked at me, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He forgave me. Forgive them. He said, forgive them.
4: Who was he? Forgive? That should have been me up there. I should have been up on that cross. He took my place. And I remember, I I looked up. And he took this deep, agonizing breath and he said it is finished and then he died
3: surely this was the son of God
1: on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the others who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water, he who had saw it has borne witness, his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced.
2: After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who is a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there.
7: Well, Barabbas was not the only one who was surprised to hear the crowd call his name. The Gospels tell us that when Jesus was tried before Pilate, the Roman governor found Jesus innocent. He, he knew the Jewish leadership had only brought Jesus to him from envy. He was, in fact, quite desperate to let Jesus go. You see, Pilate's wife had sent word to him that she'd had a dream about Jesus and and warned him to have nothing to do with this man. So Pilate sought for a way to have this itinerant peasant rabbi released. He even offered to have Jesus scourged to satisfy their bloodlust. They declined the offer. Then Pilate remembered an annual tradition whereby he would release to them a prisoner of their own choosing. Recently, this this man, Barabbas, had been arrested in prison. He was awaiting death. He was an insurrectionist and had committed murder during the insurrection. (laughs) There was no doubt he was guilty. So, So, Pilate said, what, what do you, who, who do you want me to release, this, this murderer Barabbas or this rabbi Jesus? Pilate miscalculated. There's actually quite a bit of irony here that you need to know about. First, the name Barabbas literally means son of the father. So Pilate said, Which one of these do you want me to release? This son of the father or this son of the father? The second bit of irony was this Barabbas actually looked more like a Messiah than Jesus did. What do I mean? The Jews expected their Messiah to come and, and to throw off their hated Roman oppressors, they expected their Messiah. To be an insurrectionist. They expected their Messiah to lead in a rebellion. So they probably looked at Barabbas as a bit of a folk hero, more Messiah like than Jesus. What had Jesus done to get rid of any oppression? At least Barabbas had tried. One final bit of irony. We know the crowd chose the guilty Barabbas over the innocent Jesus. You see, it's very likely that the crosses on Golgotha that day had been constructed for for three insurrectionists. We read that the two who were crucified with Jesus were robbers, but the word should or could be translated insurrectionist. It's very likely that that middle cross was for Barabbas, and the other two though, for those who had joined him in the insurrection, in the uprising. But the crowd chose the wrong son of the father, or did they? You see, Jesus died on a cross meant for Barabbas. The innocent was condemned and the guilty went free. And what a beautiful picture that is of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. He, the innocent, died for us, the guilty. In my place, condemned he stood. Peter said it this way. He bore our sins in his body on the cross, the just for the unjust. See, the truth is, we are just as guilty as Barabbas. We are just as guilty of crucifixion. We are just as deserving of death and the the punishment that awaits. And so, aren't you glad the crowd chose the right son to die? It's why on the day the Son of God, the innocent Son of the Father died. We call it Good Friday. Good for who? Good for us. It's why we call it the terrible, wonderful cross. And so, much like Thomas and Peter and John and the Centurion and and Barabbas remembered we also are called upon to remember and Jesus actually gave us a, a physical a physical reminder of his death you see this is supposed to mean to be mean a whole lot more to us than just a bit of history when we remember we are actually supposed to engage we are to engage mentally Emotionally, spiritually, even physically as we remember the cross. And so Jesus gave us a a physical remembrance of His broken body and His shed blood in the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask the men who are, the elders who are going to be distributing the elements or holding them to go ahead and come make their way. You'll notice that there are four different um, stations uh, across the front. And so if the guys would go ahead and come. During the last Passover meal with His disciples, Jesus took some bread. He broke it, gave it to His disciples and said, this is my body. I want you to eat this. I want you to do something in remembrance of me. You see, I want you to enter into more than just wistful memory. I want you to engage with me as you remember my body. In the same way, he took the cup, said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Take this, drink from it, all of you. I want you to partake together. I want you to remember actively, physically. I want you to do something. I want you to remember my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sin. You see, communion, the Lord's Supper, is meant to be something that we engage in. And so, we're asking you tonight to engage, to do something. Four different tables uh, across the front of the auditorium from which you can select this evening. A couple of men at each table prepared to serve you the bread uh, and the cup. In in a moment, I'm going to pray. After that, you can feel free to come to the table of, of your choice. We don't have any maps for you tonight. You can, just, you can just pick one when you have adequately prepared your heart. You can sit and reflect as long as you would like. You, you can choose to come up with or without your family, with or without uh, your row. The worship team will be singing. You may choose to listen, you may choose to sing with them. Again, do not worry about going to the right table, go, in, go to any table that you like. like, there, there will be lines, don't worry about that, it's okay. And after you have eaten, there will be no formal dismissal. When you are done, you may leave when you want and we ask that you would leave in silence and I want to encourage you to reflect on this gift that you've received let's pray Father we have been mindful I trust all week of the events of Passion Week leading to today when Christ was crucified. When He, the innocent, took our place by taking our sins in His body on the cross. Broken body shed blood for the forgiveness of sins. And tonight we remember m- m- more than just an event in history. We engage tonight because this is the apex of all history. It is this event to which we look back. It is this event that gives us a. Sh- Sure, and a certain future. And so, would you help us to remember, n- not only tonight, but through a very dark and silent day tomorrow, as Christ's body lay s- silent in a tomb, and the disciples wondered, What now? Help us to long for Resurrection Sunday when we will celebrate. Help us to remember. In Christ's name, amen.
0: sin sins away slain for us and we remember the promise made that all who come in faith find forgiveness at the cross so we shall i to to respond. respond.